The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and each week I or my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, join you to give you the information that doctors used to talk about in doctors' lounges across the country before we were silenced, but the things that we're still thinking about all across the nation. We try to inform you on this show about information that touches on health care and that has an impact on you and your family and share with you this information so that you'll be armed and better informed so that you can advocate for yourself and your family with regard to health care issues. The um, show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only healthcare think tank in the country that's run by physicians. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation stands for the principles of the doctor-patient relationship and for healthcare freedom for all Americans. So your support is vital. You can go to www.d4pcfoundation.org and help us to continue our mission of bringing information to the American public and fighting behind the scenes to support health care freedom issues for everyone. Today, the show is going to be um, more of me sharing some kind of thoughts and information that is pertinent to what's happening in the news these days. And I'm going to end the show on talking about the Truth Commission, the Truth Panel, the Disinformation Board, and how that is going to spell the end of medicine as we know it today and and I'll bring that conclusion um, to uh, fruition at the end of this show but I want to start out by just sharing some some thoughts about what I've been um, uh, doing recently and talking about in my universe so I had dinner this week with some friends who were Democrats, and um, we were discussing current events. And what one of the questions was um, asked of me, and it was, what did I think about the SCOTUS information, the Supreme Court um, decision or, or brief that the opinion brief that was leaked out um, which was the Alito um, uh, opinion regarding Roe versus Wade. And that began a long discussion, and not just about how bad the leak was. I thought that that was probably the, one of the most egregious um, things that we've seen happen in this country in recent times, and believe me, there have been a lot of egregious behavior recently, but that has just about topped everything. But I 
I um, talked about how this wasn't really an accident. This was this was orchestrated. This was media contrived, and it was a false narrative. And there's re- multiple reasons why this happened. It happened because the Democrats are doing so badly in every aspect of every um, position in in our life that they needed to figure out a new strategy to divert attention away from all of their bad behavior, all of their bad decisions, and to try to gin up support, gin up outrage among their base and maybe even convert some over who were in the middle, who were undecided by by lying and creating a false narrative. This whole business was clearly manufactured. You could just tell because the day that this happened, the day that this was leaked out, there were rallies around the country, including outside the Supreme Court, with um, uh, well-produced, beautifully produced signs and and placards and and orchestrated behavior that couldn't have possibly been spontaneous it needed to be orchestrated it was put together and it did require thought and planning to to distribute all of this and to put it together and and they've succeeded some some Traitor, and I will call this person a traitor who is a lawyer and should know better because they were in the Supreme Court. It had to be a clerk for one of the three leftist Supreme Court justices, and it had to be one of 12 people because each Supreme Court justice has four clerks. And this was um, unethical. It was it was um, dangerous. It threatens national security. And it pressures the courts and makes their decision-making based on politics instead of sound legal foundation. The person who released this, who leaked it, will be found out because that's that's assuming, of course, that our Justice Department does what they're supposed to be doing. I have some concerns about that as well. But should they do their job, it shouldn't be difficult to um, create a... Um, uh, a paper tra- find a paper trail to to um, find an electronic signature and discover who it was who um, leaked this out to the to the uh, to the newspapers. But we discussed Roe versus Wade for a while. We discussed how it wasn't actually the law of the land, which is what the left wants people to believe it is because it's not it was a 
it was a Supreme Court decision. It's case law. It's not. It's not a legal. It's not part of our of our um, uh, legal or, or it's not one of the laws that that we are governed by. And I tried to explain how the Alito opinion merely suggests that the court cannot make laws, and that since it's not the law of the land, this opinion. Um, gave back the uh, ability for states to retain the right to vote on this matter. The people in different states could vote. That's democracy. That's what the left claims we have. We need a democracy. They really don't mean it. They don't want a democracy. They want an autocracy. They want... A, uh, a body of people who think like they do to decide for everybody what we should and should not be doing. The left is losing their minds over this. They are literally melting down. And the media is pouring gasoline on this fire. And they are, they are actually the the um the culprits here they're the the dangerous group in our society they're engaged in ridiculous hyperbole they're saying things like women will be forced into backroom alleys for their abortions and never mind that the loudest and the shrillest voices like Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris come from states that will never restrict abortions. The people in their states will be able to get abortions on demand, even late-term abortions, even abortions after a failed abortion when the baby is alive and they will decide how they want to terminate that baby's life, which is actually infanticide. And by the way, this is a random thought. Why is it okay to kill a baby in whom an abortion failed, but if a woman gives birth to a baby and then goes on to kill it, to smother it, because she didn't want the baby in the first place, then that's murder. You gotta square that one for me because I don't get it. And if somebody can explain the difference to me, I would very much appreciate that. But back to states. These people who claim that states cannot restrict abortions because it's a constitutional right when it is not um, a constitutional right. And these are the same people who are shouting that abortion, which is not a constitutional right and should be protected, are the same exact ones who are saying that if you live in a blue state and you don't like the fact that your state is restricting gun laws, which is a constitutional right, that's too damn bad that you should go ahead and move to a different state if you don't like it. 
we are living in bizarro times that nothing makes sense anymore. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. What's up is down. What's black is white. Nothing is real anymore. And how come for the past four days since this leaked out, there are no feminists out there where you know there are supposed to be millions of feminists they're they're the ones who are shaking their fists on these steps of the supreme court or in rallies around the country which are getting more and more violent and by the way it's okay to be violent when your position is supported by the left that's okay but if you have a position that is on the right even if there's no violence even if you're just congregating that constitutes hate speech and hate speech is violence and that cannot be tolerated again square that with me i don't get it but where were all of these feminists shaking their fists outside the supreme court when women's athletics were being torn apart apart by trans athletes, there were no feminists who were coming out and saying, no, no, this is bad. This is the end of women's athletics. We didn't hear anything about that. And why are they saying that this potential SCOTUS decision is a war on women? That's anti-trans, isn't it? Because we're being told that mother that women don't give birth that birthing parents give birth because men now in this new bizarro world this new reality can actually give birth and that if you are using the word mother or women in regard to abortion or birth that you're actually Um, you're insulting the trans community. So where's all that? Nothing is squaring. Nothing is making sense. So on and on, my conversation went with my, my dinner companions. So I decided to ask it a different question. I wanted to pull this away from abortion, which is a third rail issue, and I really don't like to talk about it. I just merely wanted to ask these questions, which I thought were pertinent questions. But then I asked what their opinion was on the Truth Commission. They looked at me and didn't didn't say anything. It was like crickets. Then I said, wait a minute. I'm talking about the Disinformation Governance Board. You've heard about this, right? Complete silence. They didn't hear anything about this. They knew not of what I was talking about, not even a clue. And I couldn't believe it. It was it was shocking to me. So I asked, surely you listen to the news, you know all about the SCOTUS decision. You read the newspapers, don't you? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. We listen to the news and we read newspapers. We listen to NPR. 
and we read the New York Times, and I had my answer. I had to spend the next 10 minutes explaining all that recently happened regarding this disinformation board, and I was in utter disbelief that people as intelligent as them and well-informed had, they, they were so hopelessly clueless about what was happening. And it really, it was, it was just illustrative of what is happening with disinformation, with the disinformation board. They were um, victims of disinformation themselves. They were victims of non-information, which is the same as disinformation. Media outlets not talking about this, not reporting this, is tantamount to disinformation, to propaganda, to not telling the public things that are disagreeable or that are uncomfortable, that they don't want people to hear. This selective reporting by the entire left-wing media, which is comprised by most broadcast media and most print media, they are truly the ministry of propaganda. And now, this disinformation board is the enforcement arm of the propaganda ministry. They are a... A, a division of Homeland Security. So in case you've been in a coma for the past week, like my friends apparently have been, or you've been in Tahiti with no access to news, we now have the announcement of the formation of the Disinformation Government Board, or the DGB. DGB sounds very much like the KGB, doesn't it? And it's, like I said, an arm of Homeland Security. And its aim is to protect national security by combating foreign misinformation and disinformation. Let me, um, let me digress for just a moment. And let me share with you a um, a little history on disinformation. You've heard me say previously when we've talked about this, when it came to censoring doctors, and we've talked about this subject on this show, how I've shared with you that disinformation was actually a Soviet term. It was um, put in place by the Soviet Union. So let me give you a little bit of history about this because I wanted to go a little deeper into this and and um, and put some context behind that statement. So the term disinformation came into use in the early 1960s and it's based on a Russian word called desinformatsiya. It was a word that was actually invented by Joseph Stalin. In 1952, 
the great Soviet encyclopedia called disinformation, quote, the dissemination in press, radio, etc., of false reports intended to mislead public opinion, end quote. And Joseph Stalin was an expert at doing that, and um, he succeeded um, in keeping the people in the Soviet Union in the dark about what was going on with their country, their standing in the world, what they were doing, and um, it was successfully employed by every Soviet leader up until the fall of the Soviet Union. But it has never disappeared from the Russian um, playbook, including by uh, KGB operatives who now are no longer KGB, but are now mainstream Russian leaders like Putin and his and his goons. Actually, the tactic of disinformation, as a historical note, dates back be even before Joseph Stalin. It goes back to 18th century Russia, believe it or not. And it um, came about with the, um, the uh, nobleman Grigory uh, Potyomkin, who um, built fake cardboard villages in Crimea to impress then-Russian leader Catherine the Great as she was making her way by carriage through Crimea to impress upon her how built up and how um, advanced um, the uh, the U- the uh, Ukrainians were in Crimea, and this is where the term Potemkin village came from, which remains in use today to describe falsehoods put forth by the government. So there you have it, a little historical footnote on the term disinformation. So the left. The um, the Marxists, the the progressives in this country, who have embraced all of the Soviet Marxist tactics, dating back to the nineteen twenties and the nineteen thirties to the nineteen fifties and sixties, and Saul Alinsky, and so on and so forth, have just gone back to their playbook, to the things that they are comfortable using because they know it has worked elsewhere to influence behavior and to, um, and to be able to change policy and change culture. They've gone to their playbook, their vocabulary, um, their dictionary, use words that they know they can use and manipulate the public because it sounds so plausible and so 
useful and good disinformation who in their right mind would support the dissemination of falsehoods of of disinformation and that's exactly what the left does they are the purveyors of disinformation they are utilizing the psych- psychiatric the psychological um uh tools that we know in medicine of of um a projection projection is when somebody gives attributes traits to their adversaries or to to others that that they actually are guilty of but they are claiming that someone else or the other side are the ones guilty of it this is what the left is all about this is what they are doing but you could never believe what comes out of the mouths of these jackals who run the Democrat Party now, who are in power, who are the ones who are really the the um, the enemies of our state. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas said on CNN in an interview that this disinformation board is mainly a bureaucratic exercise. It's an exercise at the DHS without any operational authority. So, and and that's, that's coming out of the mouth of one of the biggest liars in the Biden administration, someone who repeatedly states that the border is closed, that there's no concern about illegal aliens making their way into the U.S., and that they inherited a broken system that they're fixing and that is is um, working. He should be the first one that would be prosecuted by this disinformation governance board because he is guilty as as heck for the things that he is doing and the things that he is saying. So it should come as no surprise that this board was announced just as Elon Musk launched a free speech campaign and brought and uh, bought Twitter and threatens to um, uh, break up the information monopoly of the left and uh, and stop the suppression of conservative voices. And it's no surprise that this was announced shortly after third-term President Obama, yes, third-term President Obama, because he's the, the one with his hand up Biden's rear who is moving his mouth and making um, the policies that that are coming out of the Biden administration. Obama gave a speech at Stanford about how dangerous certain speech can be in this country. And what makes this stink worse than rotting fish is that the person who was named the head of this board, Nina Jankowitz, is not somebody that is going to uh, be a trusted, um, impartial purveyor of truth at all. Um, This 
this person is actually the last person that should be entrusted with overseeing the ability for um, for a governing board in this country to uh, decide what is and what isn't disinformation. Not that that ever should even be allowed to, to happen at the government level, but should it, this is the last person who should be in charge. And we'll go more into that, and I promise I'm going to bring this back into what this means for healthcare in the second half of the show. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your healthcare freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are back in the Doctor's Lounge, and thank you for being with us today talking about disinformation, talking about the the uh, new enforcement arm of the of the Ministry of Propaganda, which is our entire um, left wing media, and um, the uh, the Biden administration, the Department of Homeland Security, has created a um, a board that will uh, oversee speech in this country and define what is good speech and what is bad speech, what is dangerous speech and what is not dangerous speech, and who is going to be the arbiter of what makes speech acceptable, what makes speech dangerous to the United States, none other than Nina Jankowitz. Nina Jankowitz is a 32, 33-year-old um, ideologue 
who was weaned on left propaganda in American um, uh, u- the American university system, specializing in quote disinformation and um, anything that is contrary to the the um, the propaganda that she learned in her women's studies and um, and minority studies and other um, aggrieved group studies in college, she has um, used as the foundation for her beliefs to decide what is. what is proper information what is reality and what is falsehoods what is hate speech and what is not this is a woman who's been on the wrong side of every issue that she has weighed in on she has weighed in on Russian collusion in the Trump administration and put out hundreds of press conferences, press releases about how the Russians were behind the Trump administration, how Trump was colluding with them, when we know that this was all a manufactured hoax. She was the one who was propping up the Steele dossier, which was the basis for creating this false narrative about the Russian collusion. She was the one who came out and said after the New York Post broke the story on Hunter Biden that that was Russian collusion and propaganda and that there was no truth behind any of this. She is a a, a radical leftist, according to Senator Josh Hawley, and he's right. And I've just mentioned a few things about her, but her resume is so scant and so, so insignificant, and she is imminently unqualified for any kind of enforcement position in in our government, let alone policing what people say. But to top it off, if you Google her name and put in TikTok video, unless they took it down, you see this woman who is in a very important position singing a song about disinformation to a Mary Poppins song. And you can get a glimpse out of how dangerously unhinged this woman is. This woman should not be given the keys to an insane asylum, let alone be the arbiter of speech in this country. She'll be running the Ministry of Truth. You've Anybody who is familiar with George Orwell and his book 1984 will remember the four ministries. One of them was the Ministry of Truth, and any enemies of the state who disagree with what the Ministry of Truth says is acceptable positions will be punished. So who are our enemies? 
Well, Joe Biden yesterday, yesterday, clarified who our enemies were. You know who our enemies are? The enemies are 74 million people in this country. He said out outright that the MAGA crowd is the most dangerous organization in the history of the United States. That's a quote. This is the President of the United States who has said that half the country, half the country who voted are the most dangerous people in the United States. They're more dangerous than the Chinese Communist Party. They're more dangerous than the Nazi Party. If you were one of the 75 million people who voted for Trump, you are an enemy of the state. And what happens to enemies of the state? Well, anything that they say is disinformation because they're dangerous. They're enemies. And if they are enemies of the state and the Disinformation Governance Board says that their speech is unacceptable, then the Department of Homeland Security is is um, going to send people to your house and they're going to they're going to uh, haul you in if you're a parent who stood up to a local school board because you don't want your children taught that America is bad and that they're racists because they're born white and and if you stand up to the board, school boards about that, you are a domestic terrorist, according to this administration. And the FBI will be investigating you. They've already done that. And now if you're saying this out loud, you're guilty of disinformation. If you are a police officer who cannot do their jobs because the criminals they arrest are released from jail immediately by leftist district attorneys, and these policemen speak out against it, you are an enemy of the state because you are spreading disinformation. Or if you're an ICE agent who sees what's happening at the border and can't stand it because they can't do their job, or a border patrol agent and can't stand it because they can't do their job, and they say something about this, they are guilty of disinformation, and Homeland Security will be after them. If you're a member of the armed forces, and you're not woke enough to embrace the new position of the armed forces, which is critical race theory, instead of being able to um, to to defend our country um, in a proper way, you speak up against this. You are guilty of disinformation. All of these people are enemies of the state, according to Joe Biden. And when the Democrats, the Marxists, the leftists, the fascists, because that's what they are, they are the fascists. When they hold power, they will do anything to retain power. They'll engage in every dirty trick in the book to retain their power, even if it means harming our country. 
So I promised I'd bring this back to doctors and healthcare. So what about doctors? Oh yes. Oh yes, doctors. Here's where the DGB, the KGB, you could call it whatever you want, and Nina Jankowitz will do irreparable harm to doctors and our healthcare system and medicine. I would go as far as to say that the Ministry of Truth has the power to destroy medicine by shutting down debate and silencing doctors. We've had a small taste of this already. Over the past two and a half years, we've we've seen this. We've seen the government coming out with positions from their official agencies, the CDC, the NIH, etc., that were wrong. They were wrong, dead, flat out wrong. And doctors who spoke out against them were severely punished for saying something contrary to government positions. I know this. I was one of them. Some doctors lost their patients and referrals from other doctors, but it got worse for a lot of other doctors. Some lost their hospital privileges, and some even lost their medical licenses. And for what? For disagreeing? For saying something? Saying something that was disagreeable? Because somebody thought that it was harmful, it was hurting people because of what they said, now there's a board in place that will be able to actually oversee this and to bureaucratize this and make this a reality, saying things that others have found objectionable is not disinformation. That's not hate speech. Let me remind you of some of these opinions in healthcare that were wrong or contrary, that if somebody said something negative or contrary about would wind up landing them in incredible trouble in this new reality that we are entering. The COVID virus came from a wet market, not from a laboratory. That was actually a Nina Jankowitz position. And that's something that people are still saying. I heard this being said just a couple of days ago. And that's just absolute bull. It's not. It did not come from a wet market. It was manufactured in a lab. I'm not saying it was purposeful, but it was manufactured in a lab. Um, That with vaccinations, we would get to zero COVID. That vaccines would stop the spread of the virus cold. That vaccines would protect you and make you bulletproof. That adverse reactions from vaccines are rare, so they're safe and can be given to everybody, including children six months of age. That ivermectin was a dangerous drug. It was a horse medicine, and it had no role in treating COVID. The same with hydroxychloroquine. Masks 
would stop the spread of COVID. That businesses and schools needed to shut down and lock out so that we can control this virus. All of these positions, which were wrong and were controversial and were, and people were called out for saying these things, if you are on the wrong side of these issues, according to the DGB, this would wind up as an offense. Um, Homeland Security is a, is, is a serious issue. And to, to call speech that is objectionable a danger to this country and a violation of Homeland Security goes a step too far. In the middle of the night, if you're a doctor and you say the wrong thing, you can have the DHS pounding on your door, breaking it down with a no-knock warrant just because you've said that vaccines may be harmful. And they can seize your computer and all of your other devices, haul you away to prison, and you may not even get any kind of due process. You'll just be locked away. And we know that this is happening already to angry parents. We know that this is already happening to people from the nine, I'm sorry, from the, the, the January 6th commission where they're not getting due process. So how is this scenario implausible? This will surely mark the end of science because any debate if there is a position that's taken by a government agency will cease positions that are taken by the CDC which is now political the NIH which is political because their funding is all from government the FDA and other agencies, those positions would not just be accepted policy, but they would be irrefutable. They would be the gospel. They would be the truth. And you disagree with those positions, and you face the wrath of the truth police. So this is where we are heading, folks. The real fascists are the Democrats, who are ruthless. They hate American values. They hate American institutions. They wish to be the permanent ruling class, and they'll stop at nothing to get what they want. The left has overrun the Democrat Party. They own the majority of the media. They run schools. They run big tech. They run corporate boards. Corporate boards are are afraid of the woke crowd, and so they are trying to outdo each other. Who could be the wokest? They have infiltrated the military. Certainly the leadership right now is um, overrun by the woke crowd, and they're trying to consolidate power. 
and they must be stopped before it's too late. And hopefully it's not too late already. You know, one thing that that I thought about is that this board, this Disinformation Governance Board, this is um, something that is not unlike what happened when Harry Reid was the majority leader in the Senate. If you remember back to um, the time when um, Obama was president and they were having a difficult time getting their appointees to um, their the judicial appointees to uh, get confirmed. Harry Reid wanted to get rid of the filibuster for the uh, for judicial appointees and made it into a majority vote and broke Senate tradition. And he was warned, you know, that's not a good idea. You don't want to do that. You don't know what the repercussions are going to be because there will be repercussions. And they were so determined to get those judicial appointees to the bench, many of whom we now see on the bench as people on the circuit courts, court of appeals around the country, um, they 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 basically uh, rammed that through the Senate, and uh, which was uh, they were able to change that rule with a majority vote, not with a not with a uh, filibuster-proof vote, and and sure enough, that's what happened. And those judges are now those those left judges from Obama are now on the bench, but when. President Trump became president, the Harry Reid rule was was in effect. And President Trump got to appoint um, far more judges than, than did uh, President Obama, and got to appoint three Supreme Court justices with a majority vote. Much to the absolute um, chagrin and the the uh, the the disgust and disdain of the left, who said, "No, that's a different kind of of uh, vote. We should not allow that to happen." But too too bad, too sad, too late. You opened up that Pandora's box and you allowed that to happen. Well. What will happen with this disinformation governance board, I wonder? You know, unless the left is so confident that they have fixed future elections and they don't really face any kind of threat for losing their hold on the White House, there will eventually be a Republican who occupies the White House. There'll be a Republican who oversees the different um, departments in the executive branch. There'll be a Republican 
who is in charge of the Department of Homeland Security. And there'll be a Republican who is in charge of the Disinformation Governance Board. So what happens if there's, in the next election for president, a President Trump or a President DeSantis or some Republican president who actually loves our country and who really takes seriously what is happening with the dissemination of falsehoods, of propaganda, or the failure to report things. I'm not saying that failure to report things is disinformation, although it's, in my opinion, malfeasance and negligence, but it's not it's not disinformation. But the media is responsible and guilty of actual dissemination of disinformation itself. We've heard we hear it every day. Gosh, they're reporting on things that yesterday with the with what's happening at the Supreme Court, Congressman Eric Swalwell, who is a just an a, a, an idiot from California, said that this opens to the door to what the the um, right wants to do next, what the court will do next, which is to ban interracial marriage. For him to say that he should be he should be brought before the board of disinformation and kicked out of Congress. The media that propagates this, it's one thing to report it, but then you've got these information shows that pose as pseudo news on CNN or MSNBC that echo these positions, affirm them, and then go on to even worse falsehoods, don't you think that in a Republican-led administration that these people might be at risk for disinformation? In fact, every media outlet, every newspaper will have to watch their backs because everything that they've been doing for decades will be subject to scrutiny by this board that the Biden administration is creating. But, you know, I worry about health care. I focus on health care. I worry about everything, but health care is what really drives me every day. It's why I wake up in the morning. It's why I go to work every day. And I am I am absolutely petrified that there will be no innovation anymore because there will be no ability to question. There'll be no ability to be inquisitive. To ask, is there a better way of doing things? 
because if there is a group of people who decide that what some doctors may be saying, which is outrageous, may be just a danger to society because somebody deems it so, then nobody says anything. And if nobody says anything, then everything grinds to a halt. And there's no progress. You know, the opposite of progress is Congress, pro and con. And I am am, um, asking people to wake up and to and to not to expand what you listen to i bring this back to how i started this show a conversation with dinner dinner friends who knew nothing about the disinformation board because where they get their information fails to share information with them that is contrary to the aims, the goals, the positions of the administration in power. And they don't have the best interests of the American public in in their hearts and in their minds. Their only interests are retaining power and feathering their own nest to enriching themselves. And the rest of us, the people who are going to work every day, who are just trying to make a living, we are the enemies of the state, according to the President of the United States. I hope that this opened up some eyes for some people out there, and you share this show with people, because I think this is very important for people to hear today. So thank you for being with us. I'll be back with you in two weeks. Join my co-host, Dr. Scott, next week as he returns back into the doctor's lounge. Thanks for being with us. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.